We are the mothers of many, Kiara Evans and Lorna Blanchard. As mothers of many children, we are curious about our parenting journeys. We were called to document this poignant time of mothering in our lives. We feel passionately that women's stories should be heard. Hello. I thought I would start this week's episode, seeing as Kiara normally says the hello. Here we are again. <laughs> this no. week we're going to, um, well, after listening to everybody's feedback on Instagram and all the messages we received, thank you for sending in your thoughts and what you would like to hear us talk about. We enjoyed getting an insight into what's going on for everyone, because when you get quite a lot of messages like that, I think you can kind of um read between the lines about what people are really going through and what's showing up for them and where they would like to do some work and uh, maybe are seeking some guidance so we really appreciate you taking the time to do that thank you and so I was messaging you Kiara wasn't I saying that I think I see a kind of theme going on even though some of the actual problems were quite different um, the main theme that was kind of showing up for me and what I could sense was that there was um, maybe a kind of blockage between the solution and how we can tune into our own intuition to find our own solutions to things. Would you agree? Yeah, when you then said it's about empowering mothers to know that they've got the intuition they've got the inner wisdom inside them to know what to do in all the situations because I was like I think everyone just wants to know what to do when it gets hard but it's it's more than that and then I was like but you I can't I can't take full responsibility for all the things all the time don't make us do it <laughs> <laughs> not again um yeah Hmm. thing is I right so my perspective on taking responsibility for right okay let's there's two elements here that we were going to talk about right isn't there there's yeah. the time mm -hmm. when the thing is actually happening yeah and then there's the what potentially we can do as mothers in between the triggers or the experiences that rile us or whatever you want to refer to it as but there is there's time in between them where we can spend that time happy that they're not happening and hope they'll go away or we can spend the time learning tools that mean when situations arise we may have more chance of being able to cope with it because we've done yeah. some work around it yeah so and the things that people were asking about I guess to give more context to kind of why we want to talk about intuition and what the work might be that we that we need to do to access that intuition get in touch with our intuition was things like temper tantrum so when kids have a temper tantrum what do we do and there were a couple of people that were asking things like what do you do when different children need different ways of parenting different styles of parenting and how how do you do the things and definitely my first thought when especially when I was reading the question about what do you do when you've got children that need different styles of parenting and I, um was 
at some point you've got to sit down with one and say, this is how I've got to parent this one. And then you've got to do, you've literally got to have that conversation. So, and I also would say, <clears throat> have your children had a different mother at different times of their life? Because I, de- my children have definitely had different versions of this mother yeah. mothering them. So oh, not only are like they different, I'm different depending on all of the things I consume into myself that then provide me the guidance of how I want to mother. So, you know, when I had Ivy um, nine years ago, nine and a half years ago, the mother I was then was someone who very much just listened to the women in the staff room of the school that I worked in telling me how, how horrific their births were and how raising kids was like this and the way they spoke about their kids some you know in a more generous way than others and I may and none of my friends had kids so that was how I parented based on that and I actually even back then before I went on this journey of discovering myself got two books out of the library one was birth without fear which I just still stands up as being one of the best books I've ever read at the right time which definitely got me through the beginning parts of labor before I had my c-section without any stress and um I got out one of those like Gina Ford books mm. oh I read mm. them all I read the Gina I definitely read the Gina Ford books yeah yeah and so luckily my intuition <laughs> has always been quite strong and I think I read some of it and I remember one section of it was like if your baby cries so much that they they vomit in the bed when you're sleep training them, just clean up the vomit and carry on. And I think I just, I read that and was like, oh, that sounds intense. I hope that doesn't happen to me. I didn't like, I didn't really get at that point that maybe that wasn't something I was going to do or not going to do. But it's like, that's the kind of literature that came across my path, right? So this is not like a, this is a bad thing or this is a good thing. This is just, we are working with what we have right now. And at that moment, nine and a half years ago, I was working with what I had then. And now I'm working with what I know now. And so intuition, I think, was there back then. But it was like a like rumbling thing in the background that I wasn't really sure. Just like a, I didn't really acknowledge it. Just kind of sometimes popped up on me. Yeah. And, and so the reason why we want to talk about intuition as well is because in those really sticky moments of parenting where shit hits the fan and you're standing there with a child screaming on the ground, refusing to move anywhere, been there so many times, and we're going, what do I do? We can't make that decision for you you people listening like you can't Lorna you can't make that decision for me you can't tell you can give me some tips you can say have you tried this have you tried this and yeah it's great to kind of figure out like or listen to some tips and tricks and stuff but ultimately I have to do the thing mm-hmm. I have to figure out what it is I'm gonna do with this screaming child and why and then you said to me what is it so okay when when Anna is lying on the ground screaming refusing to move it's not just her that we're dealing with then 
we're dealing with now my reactions and actually now it's my reactions that I've got to try and figure out what am I going to do in this situation to deal with my reaction which is huge now like we're now dealing with massive stress massive anxiety panic like all the things as well as her overwhelm potentially other children if we're on the school run as in my own other children on the school run Uh, and the pressures of time like you know you're dealing with a lot in that moment so (laughs) what what is it that I need? What is it that she needs? And the and the actual solution to that can't be probably can't be found in that moment. Mm. It needs to be found somewhere outside of the moment where you can go, next time this happens, how am I going to handle this situation based on maybe what kind of parenting in that moment do I want to try and exhibit? What is it that what kind of container for this temper tantrum do I want to provide for this child what kind of um yeah atmosphere does she need to get through this because temper tantrums are going to happen what kind of feeling do I want her to grow up with having had a temper tantrum I guess that's kind of where I've maybe sort of gone to when I want to try and figure out what to do um Mm. in those moments yeah but also that situation on that temper tantrum is going to be different from the next one so getting advice on how to deal with a tantrum without any context of your child and you isn't helpful because the only people who know about your child and you are you and your and you know about your child so when that situation arises again in a week the um factors around it could be totally different so you could say to someone like the way I deal with temper tantrums is x y and z but actually that sends their child into like a frenzy because that is not the way their child wants to be mothered yeah and I I think a really great starting point and I know that we've talked about this I think it was on the parties episode I think but whatever it was something that you said which was essentially almost like in every single moment when we're having quite big reactions in particular, they are reasonable. As in, based on like the situation that you find yourselves in, maybe Anna is overtired. Maybe she just didn't want to do the thing. Maybe she doesn't feel that she's being heard. Maybe she's hungry. Maybe it's too cold. Who knows? Um, And then in combination with all of the pressures that I'm under in a given situation, it is therefore reasonable that she's having an absolute shit fit and I'm having an absolute shit fit. Okay, so now we can invite some compassion into this moment and move on from there rather than just being like, how dare you throw a temper tantrum, you naughty, naughty child. Like, there's a different way of looking at it then, isn't there? And I think that's when, unless we know the context, we can't give specific advice, but what we can say is in almost every situation you find yourself in there's a good chance there's a damn good reason for what's happening that's not to lay blame that's just to invite compassion into that moment and go well you're feeling triggered and that makes sense and they're feeling triggered and that makes sense okay rather than you're naughty and you're a bad mum there's no need for mum guilt there's no need for naughtiness there's no need for shame it's like have a heap ton of compassion and now carry on (laughs) yeah okay so I was just thinking then um about the someone said something to me on the school run the other day of like 
oh, I'm, I'm really struggling with my two kids and you make four kids look easy. And then I feel bad. Like the person felt bad. Oh, because you were finding it easy and they couldn't. Well, no, their perception of the situation was I was finding it easy. And then therefore, and they're, they're talking about day to day, right? Because I'm good at managing a large group of children outside of the house. Okay. So their perception of me is that on the school run, I am good at keeping my children safe and most of the time remaining calm. I am. That's something I am good at. Yes. They do not have an insight into any other part of my life, right? They only see me in that situation. So they're making that judgment based on the 20 minutes they see me on the school run in the morning and the afternoon. And I said to her, you're not giving yourself enough credit for your own mothering because she thought that struggling with two kids wasn't acceptable. Like Mm. finding mothering two children hard was not acceptable. I was like, you're seeing a tiny element of my life and something I do find is one of my skills. You're not witnessing me in a, in a point of my day when I'm under a huge amount of stress. You come and see me at that moment and tell me how well I'm doing because that's when I need to hear it. So I said to her, you need to hear that you are doing a great job mothering your kids, whatever that looks like for you. So, so a massive part of all of this then is who comparisons we we need to stop looking at other mothers and saying wow they're breezing through that temper tantrum or wow they're so whatever 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 and therefore I'm not and I do find that so often like if you know it and it's with women I definitely think so you know if I say to someone oh I'm I I run um they'll instantly either tell me all of their running abilities or tell me that they don't run and tell me why and I'm like hold on a second but I didn't I don't care (laughs) it is what you do but but I don't feel like this isn't you don't do this to me I don't feel like you are hearing me saying I run and that that's a criticism of you running or not no and I think a lot of women like women you know come on ladies we've got to stop this we've Mm. got to stop saying that this is an achievement I have and and hearing it other women then hearing it as a criticism of them and like women struggling or not struggling in a particular situation is not a reflection of other people (laughs) we need to stop comparing it and I think we have it just feels like we're we're pitting our we're against each other in those moments then rather than going I don't know wow you're amazing and I'm struggling like they don't have to be against each I don't am I even making sense I just yes because I think this ties into the way I was feeling after we'd asked everyone okay so when we'd asked everyone what they wanted us to talk about I my instant reaction response response not reaction my instant response was they want me to mother them oh They want me to be the mum here and say, I do it like this. So do it like me and then your problem will be fixed. Mm Yeah. And I want women to mother themselves so they can mother their children. I would love to hold a woman's hand while she works out how she wants to mother her kid. 
I do not want to be the person that tells her how to do it because I'm taking away her experience of learning what is best for her and her kid by doing that. And yeah. I, I don't mean that I don't have any um, joy in having conversations with friends about stupid situations that happen with kids and the shit show that ensued afterwards. I do love talking about that stuff. But in this platform that we have right now in this conversation, I don't have any context for any of the situations that people have sent in. And that is huge when you're looking at things like tantrums or um, I don't know, other things. I can't think of anything now, but like particular parenting moments, I can talk to you about it because I know your kids and I know you and I have some context around it. And it's on a woman to woman, mother to mother level. That's not me trying to fix it for you. Yeah. Oh, this. Yes. And something that I personally have been struggling with in terms of uh, health and fitness and all of that kind of stuff is trying to learn lots of information. So listening to all the podcasts, reading all the things and then trying to apply everything to my life and going now, how do I do every single thing that these people are saying? And actually, that's not necessary. And so if you and I in this on this platform again say here's how we deal with temper tantrums and then another mother goes well now I'm going to try and apply that to my life and that's not right then that's going to make you feel potentially more shit because I often hear fitness advice and I come away just going well I feel shit because I've not done that I, and, and I'm not going to do that but now I but, but the argument was so compelling in that situation in that context for those people on that podcast or in that book that I now feel like well okay possibly could apply to it well I'm not going to do it so yeah maybe maybe not all messages apply to everybody and I think we are utterly bombarded with here's how to do it here's the right way here's the parenting style that you should do here's how never to fuck up your kids if you say this, you're going to fuck up your kids. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's overwhelming. It's horrible. And like you've said to me so many times and said this morning and last night when we were talking about this, you're then um, giving away your responsibility, giving away your intuition. Your empowerment. Your empowerment. And then I'm like, yes, please, please, could I do that? <laughs> I don't want to. It's so funny, isn't it? How, like, from a theoretical point of view, I'm like, I'm so on board with this. And from a practical point of view, I'm like, uh-uh, no thanks. Yeah, but you can. The thing is, like, I spent years giving it away and you can. You can yeah. live like that. You can keep giving it away. And if you want to do that, do that. Like, if that's the way in which you want to move around your parenting journey, like, you can look outwards, get the information you want, apply it and go with that. And if you feel in your heart if you feel deep down that's the way you want to do it and you feel really secure in it then do it that way um uh, but uh, what I can hear from women all the time is I've done that way and it doesn't feel good to me it's still yeah. not working so like I've read all the gentle parenting books I'm on Instagram looking at the reels of attachment parenting I've tried um I don't know whatever else you're looking at and we've talked about this in the context of your work with slings and how I, I was very much like, I will use a sling when it suits me and my child. Like I can't just strap my baby on me for the entirety of the day and be comfortable with that because I don't like being touched that much. 
I can't do 24 hours being held by like another person. And, you know, it's a dance between me and my child. It's not just a one size fits all. We, we, you like, you teach families how to utilize a tool that they can use whenever they see fit in their lives. I remember when you and I used to talk about gentle parenting like years ago, I would feel huge amounts of guilt when I would go home because I couldn't do some of the things that gentle parenting um, sort of pointed towards. And it depends, doesn't it? Because I think even in that context, the gentle parenting world, snippets of information have been taken and then misconstrued. And then you get the misconstrued element of it. So I'm not saying that all of these labels are not relevant and maybe there isn't wisdom to be gained from them, but without discernment and you just hear it, you know, in random conversations, it can be damaging. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I, I really agree with that. And I, I, funnily enough, I said to CJ this weekend, actually, about something completely different but I said I just I would love to do an experiment where I came off my phone came off social media stopped reading these tiny snippets of information because things like Instagram the algorithm being the way it is content creators are on there trying to catch your attention with clickbait headlines with really really quick reels that communicate a message that is so lacking in nuance that we we then get like a really extreme version of for example, gentle parenting, which says you must do all of these things and then you'll go, or if you don't, you're going to fuck up your kids. I mean, I literally watched a reel the other day and it was something like, here's five things never to say to your kids. And I was like, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, no, no. And here's the alternative. But it was like a, in in this, in this situation, was it like, maybe it was a temper tantrum, something like that. It was, it was a really extreme example. Um, and it was a, I'm a clinical psychologist. Here's five things that you should never say to your children or... <sighs> And, and I hate that kind of thing. And so I said, I probably you, said all five. I'll just put it out there. I have probably yeah. said all five things to my kids. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And, and I, I think I remember, I, yeah, I said to CJ over the weekend, I was like, I just want to come off my phone. I just want to stop hearing all of these external voices that are confusing me and trying to get me to subscribe to things that are working for other people. And not necessarily for me. And I just need to shut all of that down for a little bit. And the other part of thing, something I would like to do is, is to try an experiment of kind of moving through my day and going with how I feel. It was specifically in the context of, of food. But, you know, the same could be applied for parenting. How if you could go through your day and parent from in here, from your heart, rather than all the outside stuff how how would that feel that would be interesting an interesting experiment yeah um, um so i my question to you is like when you feel like that what is it that you do because i think that is really common that people get to that stage women get to that stage where they're like i'm so sick of hearing all this from everywhere i need a break from everyone else's voice but my own so how do we take that break? Yeah. Um, so then, so normally when I get to that point, I will do a big cull on social media 
and check in with who I've accidentally started following or not accidentally, but kind of gone down the rabbit hole of following because it was hitting something for me at some point. So I'll unfollow a lot of people. I might try and put in place a little bit more of a ban on how some restrictions on how much I use my phone and how much I'll just be on that doom scroll. Um, I tend to then end up going to reading instead. So I'll like, you know, be that that wanky person that goes, I'm going to put my phone away, like literally leave it in the kitchen and choose to read a book instead because the book has more nuance and I can spend more time digesting it. I can write some notes in it. It's not about that person on Instagram wanting me to buy their product. It's mm-hmm. I've already bought the product because I've got the book. So it doesn't matter now. You know, I'm just going to read the book. I can. So I'll do that or I will um, just come off things altogether and do like artwork and shut the noise down because it gets too much sometimes. Um, And actually, like um, over the last week, I've not even listened to podcasts on a run. I'm normally a podcast person because I can't stand the sound of my own thoughts on a run. But over the last week, I've just listened to music because I was like, I'm so sick of hearing all the external thoughts that are compelling me to bend and shape myself into a way that fits their box. And they don't even know me. And I'm like signing on the dotted line going, I'll do whatever you tell me to. And then feeling terrible when I've listened to three things and they're all saying something completely different in the same week. You know, it's too much. So literally put boundaries in place for myself to do that. Um, And without the boundaries you put in place for yourself, there's no way you can set boundaries with your kids. It all links together for me. Yeah. Like, I don't mean boundaries like don't touch that. What I mean is loving, heartfelt boundaries from a place where you have the insight of why you're creating them. Yeah. So like for me, I've sometimes I go through phases where I look outward for information to then filter through my own system because I'm not saying we should never, ever have any um outside influence on ourselves like I do enjoy a podcast sometimes I do enjoy um reading a book you know all of those things that you're just saying um I've gone through phases where nothing is sitting right or nothing's resonating or whatever and I shut them all down and start again um but I know that if I'm only if I'm not doing that where I have the sound of my own being I'm not in a place to be able to mother my kids from my own discernment. It's from everybody else's. Yeah. And I think actually so many problems, uh, not problems, so many parenting situations that are tricky are made harder by the outside noise. So when you're sitting, you know, your kid's throwing an absolute tantrum And okay, the first thing that comes into my mind when I'm going, literally saying the words tantrum are the gentle parenting police going, don't call it a tantrum. Okay, so that's the first thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing that's come to my head. So now I'm dealing with that noise in my head straight away. Now I'm dealing with the pressure of other people around me are watching and are making judgments. Now I'm dealing with the pressure of, well, we've got to get somewhere on time. Now I'm dealing with the pressure in my head of having listened to all of these Instagram things going, you're going to traumatize your children if you do this wrong, but we're not going to tell you how to do it right. And all of this noise is coming in. And actually it stops me from being able to look at the situation and go, what shall I do right now? 
that would be the most loving thing right now for me and for her or him because you're not present are you otherwise yeah you're like you're 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 standing in a trial room being judged by all the people who've got no right to bloody judge you like I don't have any right to judge another woman on the school run with how she's coping with things I don't know how her day's gone I don't know what she's dealing with in fact there's a damn good chance that she's dealing with a whole bunch of crap. And I say that because I know that I'm dealing with a whole bunch of crap all day, every day. I remember one time um, a mum, a mum of someone in Bethany's class, Bethany and this girl had kind of fallen out. And this mum decided to come over and shout at me about it outside the school gates, like properly laid into me. And all I could think was, you have no idea that I'm literally having a miscarriage right now. And mm. and you're just laying it now. Okay, that's a really extreme example, but all the everybody's having all this stuff going on. So we have no right to judge anybody. So you know, let's just if we could possibly give any message, maybe right now. Maybe this is what you were saying about empowering women. Like, let go of the judgments that you are thinking other people are putting on you. Put that out of your head whilst you're dealing with situation, because mm. it's irrelevant. Mm and only makes it much worse I've no so I was texting my sister because I was saying that um I found it interesting which elements of my parenting I was still slightly uncomfortable with when I was in company so because I had her stay with me for like 10 days I said to her oh it's interesting to reflect back on how the things I did and didn't say when she was there that I would have normally said or having the time with the kids that I would have had so when you when that was a, a weird week because she was in our house the whole time and normally it's just me and the four kids and then Gary at the weekends so it was all very weird I was like slightly distracted by the fact that she was there and wanting to talk to her because she's my sister as well as being yeah. their auntie so there was like that extra level of distraction on my week and as soon as she left I just felt the whole um atmosphere just go ah oh, back to normal like and not to say I didn't enjoy having her here I loved it like I loved her saying it was great to her like connect with her for that whole time um but it was more just about noticing which phrases that still feel slightly uncomfortable to say do I really want to do it like that? And how irritated I was because my attention was divided. Um, that doesn't mean to say that any of that is bad and that the children suffered for it. They gained a whole load from having her there, but it did highlight some things where I'm still not 100% ready to, to embody that into my week with the kids in front of company. Yeah. And I think it's easy to look from the outside and be like, oh, they've got their shit together because they don't scream at their kids on the street or whatever. Um, but actually, this is the kind of nuance we're talking about. Behind closed doors, we're all going through our own excavation of our, our you know, our interactions. And all of our listeners are clearly doing that themselves because they want to they want to talk about it, which I think is amazing. Like we should share, we should share with people. I would, never would be the mother I am now if I haven't had the women in my life that I wanted to, that I can share with. Yeah. You, other close friends. 
Yeah. And I would like all women to have those spaces to be able to do that so that they can then unpick from that which bits really resonate with them. Yeah. And I think one of the big things for me, one of the big unpickings is to, and I feel like I'm really like new and young on this journey, is to recognize when I am triggered by something that is happening within my family situation. So when a child is behaving in a particular way, to notice that I am having a reaction to that is massive. And then based on what I choose to do next, I will normally feel a sense of peace if I have done something that is that maybe is in a like uh following my intuition which I believe intuition okay so two things I struggle with intuition I struggle with trusting myself and at the same time I hold the firm belief that my intuition is correct Mm -hmm. but I feel really disconnected from it at times because I have a real lack of trust in myself um so yeah if I can follow my intuition I will feel a sense of peace and we can carry on with our day and it's okay maybe I'll need to like get rid of some of my feelings like vent or I don't know breathe or drink gin or whatever but there's a sense of peace or I'll have a sense of despair and shame and guilt and I don't mean like mum guilt because other people have judged me I mean like deep in my soul I go oh fuck I didn't handle that in the way that ultimately I would have liked to and I think what do you do in that moment then oh what do I do in that moment um because does that erase like for me I'm just thinking in your head then have you just erased like all of the great stuff you did because of that moment because that's definitely what I've done in the past oh okay like gone down the guilt and shame and then therefore I can no longer say that I'm a good parent because I did that one shitty thing yeah definitely definitely yeah I could kind of get to the end of the day and go well, that's it. My kids have now got abandonment wounds because I didn't show up for them right. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can definitely go down the you fucked up your kids road for sure. And I think that's where all of the parenting styles for me became tricky because as soon as I did something that wasn't within the boundaries of that they'd set for good parenting, I then went down this shame spiral of like, oh, you can't even hold it together for a day. Like you've even done what it said, you've shouted. So now therefore you're not a gentle parent. You, can, you can't call yourself that. But like when I parent from my intuition and my heart and, and even in the days when I don't act in alignment, I can say, Ooh, you didn't act in alignment. Are you OK? Like what's yes. going on? Yeah, we're there's back no to shame. That. Yeah, we're back to that exactly that there's a reasonable reason why at some point you didn't act with within your own alignment. And therefore there is no need for shame in that in that bit. And I think as soon as we start subscribing to a particular parenting style, there will be structures and rules that we need to follow that don't apply in every situation. Mm-hmm. And now and I think the other thing about parenting at the moment, motherhood in particular. I guess I can only speak to as a mother, but, and again, with the constant stream of information on social media, 
it feels like mothers have got to almost stand for something we've got mm. to we've got to be if we if, if i'm calling myself a baby wearer that's it there's to be no pram in this house if i'm yeah. a bit do you know what, and it has it's like why do we have to be so extreme with everything that doesn't work all the time and so those questions that were coming in about how do you parent two, two children differently well the the answer is it, it, you have you do have to like this the situation is never the same but the but the underlying thing is okay so i read in my book I'm reading a book about Ignatian spirituality. It's amazing. And there's a whole bit in there about discernment and decision-making and the lovely line, decision-making by a loving heart. And I was like, that's it. That's intuition. What's my loving heart saying? Because at the, at the core of it, my heart is loving because everyone's heart is like, I, I believe that about human beings. So I can make a decision from a loving heart. And then the other thing that was really, I loved that he included this in the book because I always go, well, when I'm dealing with a temper tantrum, my intuition's going, beat them. Or, you know, like, not beat them. Not, I've never actually beat my kids, but you know, in a, you know, when you get so overwhelmed by anger, you're like, shut that shit down. Shut that shit down. Yeah, exactly. Like scream at your kids, beat your kids, run away from your kids, throw them out. You know, all the things, all the things that come flooding into your head that are, and sometimes I'm going, is that my intuition? Should I be trusting that voice that feels very base level human where I'm going, stick my middle finger up at my kids and tell them to fuck off. Okay, hold on. That's not decision making based on my intuition, which is a loving heart. And in the book, he was kind of saying that he literally said punching your boss because you don't like what he said. Can we exclude those things? Those things are just, we know that they're bad, okay? We can't scream fuck off to our kids. We can't hit them. We can't leave. Like, those are, (laughs) your anger is is reasonable. Your feelings are valid. We're not going to do those things, though. So that's Mm. not intuition. I think That's not to say you can't forgive yourself if any of those things have happened. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But those, those don't need to factor into... The decision-making process you don't need to mm-hmm. discern and figure out is it loving to mm-hmm. in this moment give in to my absolute rage at my kids and scream at them like that's that's a kind of just don't worry about that one just don't just don't worry about that bit you're allowed to be angry though that's totally fine you can yeah. be really really angry yeah because if so if you're if a situation is arising that you are having a reaction to in your body right so like everyone's kids set off something inside them yeah that is a guide to where they where they have not been loved enough yeah so when you're when something happens that makes you go either into fight flight what's the other one fawn is it freeze or fawn yeah freeze or fawn so if if your body goes into any of those responses when your child is doing something that's amazing because that tells you where your work is <laughs> right there so like if if right now there was a one of my kids in front of me and they started tapping me <gasps> that would create a reaction in my body 
one where I wanted to slap their hand. (laughs) And that's not to say I've never slapped away their hand when they have done that. I think maybe at certain times I may have reacted like that, like, ah, get off. It's an overstimulation for me to be touched without someone sort of not requesting it, but like in that way, as a teacher, it used to wind me up too. I never obviously would have reacted to a child with slapping in that situation. But with my own kids, I think I definitely have brushed them off firmly. Now, my intuition says, is there a better way of getting them to stop? Please do not tap me. I don't like it. And normally they will stop like yeah and I would say a guide to where you haven't been loved enough is so beautiful and at the same time a guide to where your child is asking to be loved Mm. like they're the two things and then that's a really difficult situation because in that literal moment you're going well hi childhood trauma or childhood woundings or wherever I haven't been loved enough at the same time as now I've got to try and figure out how to heal that in this literal second and not do that to my child like that's a whole trigger in that tapping because I really resonate with tapping I've said to Anna recently please you need to not please don't tap me repeatedly um tapping and I think maybe it's then actually in that exact moment you can't do all of those things you can't love yourself and through this trigger compassionately and deal with the tap like maybe or maybe you can but like maybe it's a case of saying outside of that moment sitting down quietly with yourself and going why does tapping really annoy me or sitting and or sitting down with your kid and going so earlier on you were really trying to get my attention whilst I was doing something else and you tried to tap me and I reacted in this way, could we come up with a better solution together for you to get my attention and for me to communicate with you? Hold on, I need to finish off this thing. Or, you know, I just think like in the moment is not where you're going to find the solution. No. So one thing I've used on and off over the years, and I still go back to it sometimes, is all of the Janet Lansbury parenting um, podcast. She's done like hundreds and hundreds of episodes. I think the style, if you want to call that, is she uses rhyme, rye or rye respectful parenting. Now, yeah. I don't resonate with every single episode at all, but I use my discernment and I look through the list of the topics and I go that. And she is so good at explaining what is happening within so a parent writes in with a situation and then she sort of unpicks it and always does it come round to where does that parent need support because it's not about our kids like our kids these kids that are born today um, of emotional expression than any other generation that has ever been born yeah amazing like we're doing that as parents we're allowing that we are supporting that we are not allowing is the wrong word but you know we're supporting that process but we were not raised like that we were not yeah. brought up to have children tantruming on the street so if you think about the people who may comment 
on that are the people even a generation above that who most certainly weren't allowed to touch him on the street it's not me an old person right your kid's doing something that wasn't acceptable back in the day and some old lady comes by again oh well I never would let my kids do that and you're like "Mm, that's why your your child is now a repressed adult who doesn't know how to deal with their emotions (laughs) so you know it's what they do um what we experience is going to be hard it is going to be hard I think the idea that parenting is easy or that it can be made easier is a myth it is hard oh damn it Sorry. <laughs> yeah no yeah it's good to hear the the truth I think sometimes and I think you're so right you know last night when we were talking about it and everyone's kind of the comments were kind of coming in of how do I do this thing and you're saying can't take away the hard and I'm like I want to take away the hard for everybody because it is just really hard to do the parenting in those hard moments when you're you're so right we we are our generation are stuck in the middle between our parents generation who absolutely would not let us let us temper tantrum on the street and our kids having a full-on temper tantrum on the street and we're going which one do I like what what do I do now because all the adults are of that generation of going you wouldn't have been allowed to temper tantrum on the street no way um which therefore removes often the support that parents are looking for now yes and that's why we have to support ourselves in our decisions because the previous generation on the whole are not going to understand or support decisions made from intuition and heart-based places because they have not ever done it. Yes. And then you have to be very, 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 very careful with who are you listening to? Who are you going to when you are having a wobble and you are saying I'm not sure if I'm doing this right Mm -hmm. and you want to go and like give give away your power and say I need someone to just check that I'm doing it right and I get that like on a daily basis there are plenty of things that I do that I just need to check that I'm doing it right and I and that is another one of those places where that's a guide to where I need to do some work um where are you getting that information from? Because mm. if you're, if I was to go to my grandma and say to her, oh, I'm going to use the sling, she would say to me, why don't you put that baby down? So now I feel shit. And if I go to, so actually this morning, um, I, you know, Monday's my long run date. Everyone knows that now. And I was cho- choosing my podcasts to listen to. And I clicked on Diary of a CEO and it was with a food expert. And it was like four things that you need to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to that. And then went, no, no, because I know that they'll say something about, I don't know for definite, but the, the, the general thing about food at the moment is lots of give up sugar and don't eat too many carbs. And um, your body can be fat adapted and fasting is really, really good, except I'm an endurance athlete and I'm also a woman. So restricting carbs, fasting, and only eating fat is really, 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 really bad for me. And actually eating pure sugar on a run is entirely necessary. And it is poor advice 
for my situation to be listening to a podcast that's telling me that I should be doing things that are really detrimental to my body, like really, really detrimental. But I have to filter that. And so then I have to really be very, very, very strict on giving away that power. But we want to feel like we're doing it right. We want to give away the power to kind of have someone go, yeah, you're getting it right. Why? Because the world is constantly measuring mothers, women, saying they're getting it wrong. And when we have childhood woundings or trauma that make us question our own intrinsic value and our own intuition and our own trust in ourselves, we give it away because that's that's our life. Our life is people pleasing. Our life is someone else tell me that I'm good enough because for the whole of my childhood, I was told I wasn't kind of thing. So it's like, well, I'm going to give it away because I just need someone to tell me I'm good enough. Yeah. That was a long run. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just, um, I'm just going to say now that I'm very excited to hear your new podcast that you'll be recording on women endurance athletes and nutrition. So keep your ears peeled for when Kiara starts recording that because I think you need to do it because this is the thing when you listen to advice and it doesn't fit you then you're on to something because there are other people listening to the advice going hold on a second that's not how that works for me why yeah. did we even start this podcast it's because we knew that we wanted to have conversations that we'd been having that were so valuable to us and if they were valuable to us then surely they might be valuable to other people yeah and until women are going to be empowered to say this does not work for me this is what works for me yes and a wobble that I had over the last kind of 12 24 hours whilst we've been trying to figure out like how we're going to approach this topic was me saying to you I can't cope with another podcast episode where I'm going oh I can't tune into my intuition and you're going you can and like I just didn't want to I didn't want to have another episode where I was going I'm a bit broken and I think part of that and then I said to you that's coming from a place of insecurity and it's coming from a place of me measuring my journey against what I perceive yours to be that's bullshit that's that's another situation where I'm I'm disempowering myself and going, OK, well, I'm going to measure myself against what I see Lorna doing. Oh, that's so it's so unnecessary. It doesn't work because I'm not Lorna. I, I don't get to do that. And yet. I want to <laughs> because I yeah. want a gold star, you know, it's and it's like. I want to measure my physical capabilities against yours every time you say you've run freaking 20K. I'm like, oh, my God, I want to run 20K. And then I'm like, no, I don't. If you really did, Lorna, you would put your running shoes on, you would start running. Do you know what I mean, though? It's like, yeah. I think what we see in that situation is somewhere where we are not fully comfortable in our situation. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be a competition. I mean, the entire society has cashed in on women being in competition with each other. That's yes. how it works. It yes. works when we are not supporting each other. Yes. And and the opposite of that is us saying, we're not going to give you any help. Oh, sorry. We're not going to give you the exact things to do. We're going to empower you. Yeah. To know that it's okay to do the thing, that you know what to do anyway. Yeah. 
And if you don't know how to tune into that intuition yet, and you're listening to this going, so well and good, you guys with your intuition chat, I don't even freaking know what intuition is, okay? Mm -hmm. For me, the way I experience it is when I can peel away the layers of conditioning of how I imagined it should be and I can feel my whole body relax when I want to when I've done the thing from a heart place of like I'm thinking about myself and my child in this moment and it all fits in a delightful way (laughs) where everybody has had their needs met in some way I think that, I mean, it's such a hard, I often say there's not enough words in the English language, but I really don't think there is. And I think as time moves on, we'll create more and more words around this very thing. But if I cannot tune into my intuition, I know that I'm not in alignment. Yeah. So I know that I have not done enough stuff in my day that nourishes myself. And we've come back to this time and time again of practices and tools that nourish the mother you nourishing yourself because no one is going to do that for you like no one apart from this morning when my eldest child bought me cup of tea in bed I know I I was like I really wanted to ask her if she could do that every day but I didn't I held back um so you know yeah I think that's so true and I think then you know we all can resonate with the times when actually when we are on the edge of dysregulation ourselves is when we are completely drained we haven't slept we haven't eaten right we haven't had time for ourselves we are sensory overwhelmed and then our kids do the smallest thing and we are all in temper tantrum meltdown Mm. and that's it there's no support in that in that moment for you to then take a step back and there are definitely days when yeah when I have you know Anna's having the temper tantrum and there are days when I've felt uplifted I feel supported I've got my shit together because I've managed to fill up my own cup and I can then deal with the temper tantrum in a way that feels more peaceful and there are days when I know that I am on my knees with tiredness or whatever the situation is that I'm gonna be I'm gonna meet her dysregulation with my dysregulation and what are we doing and that's where I'm interested in where we are then going to ignore the messages because on those days like today for me I haven't slept for two nights very well and I know that I'm depleted day one of my period it's all going to hit the fan if I try and make a three-course dinner that is not going to get eaten by a bunch of kids after school so do you know what I'm going to do I'm going to open the freezer and I'm going to see what's left and I'm just going to say yes like rummage in the cupboards kids tell me what you want out of there and that's what you can eat tonight for dinner because if I try and create this wholesome insta-worthy delightful supper that everyone's going to sit and you know delight in each other's company about it's not going to go well for me and I can't outsource anything tonight I cannot have another me so do I want the version of me that's going to be an asshole to my kids or do I want the version of me that's going to be struggling but able to probably just about manage my temper yeah so if I was listening to the outside world the nutritionists and the gentle parenting 
attachment parenting police and all of those people going you shouldn't give them that oh are you sure you want to let them have that screen time are you that is going to stop me from this like having the confidence to say one night of that doesn't mean that everyone is broken and I'm a shit mother it means that yeah. tomorrow is another day and today this needs to happen and I'm going to own it and that that isn't a less than option because even as you were saying mm. it there it almost sounds like you're kind of going oh well today I'm giving in to freezer food no 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 that is as equivalent to me as an all organic thing when you are in a place where you can do that it is equivalent they are the right thing to do in that moment mm -hmm. that is nurturing you and your family way more than saying we're going to have the three course all organic dinner today and there's a but, time and a place like if you want to make that dinner like make yeah, it and enjoy it if you, if yes that's but what it's not yeah it's not, and it's, not, it's not essential and it's not more than the day when you freezer dive mm. it just isn't and actually I did that the other day I was like oh I'm sick of shopping I'm sick of sick of spending money on food today we're going to have a day where we just eat whatever's in the house <laughs> and the kids were like this is amazing we love this yeah. okay cool great everyone's had you know whatever they want and chips great Always. I, had, I had vegetable soup it was wonderful you know okay so I think it's like intuition is about listening to what you need as much as what they need mm -hmm. and assuming that there is a need there like you were saying a guide to where you haven't been loved enough a guide to where you need some love a guide to where your kid needs some love no shame no your fate no it's you're failing because it's just love how can we have love in this moment that feels beautiful to me I um, think as well like it's really important to say that both of us have worked with people to help us to find a sweet spot of intuition or we're working towards it with people yeah. so like I especially feel as if I wanted some support as I found myself as I like um I think as a loving space I don't I don't necessarily have the kind of relationship with my parents where I can be working things out that's not the dynamic we have and I wanted to be working things out about myself whilst being held that doesn't need to look the same for everybody and you might find that you get that from friendship or you might get that from a, a mum group or you might get it from a coach you might get it from a therapist everybody is gonna maybe need something different but if you're feeling I think it's a very difficult journey to go on alone. That's my personal experience of it. When you're slowly unpicking these things that come up and you go, this is happening with my kid and I don't know what to do. I know it's about me, but I don't know what about me is twitching right now. And you need some insight onto that. Working with someone or having a sounding board of a safe emotional space is like the most essential part of that experience for me do you is that yeah how you I really I really agree and I think the other thing to add in here is if you're listening to this and hearing us say it's not about your kid it's about you 
that that's really hard to hear mm. especially if maybe that's not even something that you'd considered before and we've joked kind of joked on the podcast a couple of episodes ago was it last week whenever it was and we were like tell us your childhood trauma and that and again I think I said on that episode it sounds flippant to say that but that's that to me is becoming so obvious and I'm not saying that every listener out there has childhood trauma that they need to work through but but fundamentally having your own children brings up shit and well, we all therefore, have conditioning and trauma to work we through all, all of us. have yeah we do yeah, yeah. okay yeah, let's just say that yeah we do yeah unless you were like brought up in a bubble away from all people yeah and in that case you'll have some different conditioning and stuff to work on <laughs> yeah. through that but I think, and again, especially where we're saying that there is such a difference between the way that we were raised, our parents were raised, and then, you know, our grandparents living through world wars, shit's changed. And shit was really, really, really fucked up for a long time. And, and our generation is being invited to, to change that. And then our children are here going, we're going to live like we love ourselves and like we're going to just do things. That's, <laughs> yeah that's that's bonkers you know Anna is going to school at the moment no socks and she's wearing trainers <sighs> the conditioning in me the social conditioning in me is wanting to scream at her every morning put your goddamn socks and school shoes on for what reason because the outside world is telling me that the appropriate thing for her to wear is socks and school shoes and because one day she's going to grow up she's going to have to wear proper shoes for when she has a job otherwise she's going to lose her job oh my god she's six she's not about to get sacked from her job at school because she's not wearing the appropriate shoes she's wearing shoes that she's comfortable in who cares no one should care like whatever that's what Anna is inviting me to check that conditioning and that's really hard um it's really think, yeah really hard I remember hearing this so many times over the years and resisting it and not yeah. resonating with it and whatever and it's like your child is a mirror to you they are all here whether you have one or whether you have 20 they are yeah. all here as a mirror to highlight where you can release yourself and free yourself from the conditioning and trauma that came before yeah and I think the next part for me where I feel resistance in listening to my intuition is that I have to let go of this control idea that if I can just do it right, the outside world will judge me as being acceptable. So I'm basing my everything on, uh, sorry, I'm basing my self-worth on all the things that are measurable. Have I read enough books to my children today? Have they had five to 10 pieces of fruit or vegetable today? Have I run enough miles? Am I the right size and shape? Has my business flourished enough today? Have I done enough of the right stuff? And underneath that is a fear. And the fear is that I'm not good enough, that mm -hmm. I am fundamentally a person who is not enough. And therefore my intuition can't be trusted because that would mean saying that I am enough. That's mm -hmm. the that's what's underneath me saying no thank you to living a life fully in alignment with my intuition fear so yeah mine my so my underlying fear to my kids being free to live their very best lives is that I'm too much wow 
because if I live in my full embodiment of self and I say the things that I know and I speak my truth and I live in alignment, I am big and I take up a lot of space. And that means that my children will experience what they experience because of that. And <laughs> and that just and how wonderful because then it you know if you can live big and as 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 you want to as it's in alignment to you that doesn't shut anyone else down and the problem is conditioning says if you live big and you live you're you're you are taking up too much space you mm. are not leaving enough space for other people you're being selfish no there's enough space for everybody but that's not what conditioning wants us to think. That's not what the world wants us to think. The world wants us to think you are not good enough and you are too much. And that's if you fine. think I am good enough and I do enough and I and you you empower then your children to do that, they will carry that with them as part of their journey. So whatever whatever the fear is that we're working through because we identify it and we've done the work to identify it, which both you and I have done the work and are doing the work. And it's a never ending work, guys. Like this isn't like a, we've done like this course and we now know everything. <sighs> Sorry. I mean, some people might tell you that that's true. Go on Instagram and you'll find 10 people that tell you, if you do my course, you'll know everything about everything and you'll be cured forever. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how, that's not how like, you know, we're in this human form. And we are experiencing these things. And that is a lifelong journey. And I believe that we get many opportunities to go through that pattern. And you can carry on the pattern. Like that is a valid form of being in the human form. You can carry on patterns or you can identify them. You can free yourself. You can move on. You can, you can experience new heights of all the things if you want to like and the I emotions think, the... yeah and when when you said that to me yesterday or this morning I was like it's not that easy like the, the I had massive resistance in me I was just going but it's not that easy and I think yes I think that's fair to say it's not that easy mm. doesn't mean that that's not the right thing to do it just means that in that it's not that easy to do the thing and I think you know I I was really struggling with trying to articulate that especially in the self-sabotage podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago of knowing the right thing and choosing the other the, the repeating patterns mm -hmm. is because we're trying to stay safe it's because that fear inside of me is saying you're not good enough and that's that fear is so real and so big that I'm gonna just carry on doing the patterns because I still haven't quite got to grips with being able to communicate to my inner self that it's okay to trust my inner self that mm -hmm. there is still a lack of safety there and that's the work in progress and that's where in the times outside of the trigger I need to work on the it's okay to feel safe in your body and this all sounds possibly a bit like wanky now but yeah I just it is that it is hard it's just really hard Okay, so saying that sounds wanky, but imagine you were speaking to your child in the way you just spoke about yourself. Would it sound wanky then? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> because okay. what Fair you're enough. doing, <laughs> you know, because it goes back to our reparenting 
episode yeah. as well you know like we are reparenting ourselves we are reparenting ourselves so we can parent our children so by talking about this and having all of the people come with their um the things they're suffering with right now which are all very valid things because some of them are shit balls and like we are all suffering to some level I am not free from suffering I still suffer um you know by experiencing all of those things we can then reparent ourselves so we can parent our kids but it has to come back to us first yeah and I think the other thing that occurred to me was especially in the first few years of parenting where the physical demands of having a baby and toddler and whatever combination of ages you have it is utterly relentless where you are at your limits the whole time Mm -hmm. of being able to cope and you have to make decisions all goddamn day and so then to have the space to take a step back and go what what do I do here because that baby's crying you've got to figure out how am I going to deal with the baby crying right now is so hard and actually what I will say is that bit of it that headspace bit for me has got easier when the kids have got older there is there is no surprise it's not a coincidence that or maybe it is a perfect coincidence that I was able to really embrace some of this work when Anna went to school full-time because before that it was it was relentless and so then if you're kind of going from one situation to another with kids which feels like a constant bombardment of the senses and of the triggers and all of the stress. That is, that is true. It is relentless. It's really, really hard. Yeah. And I think just to um, give the other perspective of like, I embarked on this work whilst pregnant with my fourth child. So I think there is like, depending on your situation and what point you're at, you know how uncomfortable you are like I got so uncomfortable at that point that I couldn't carry on the way I was and it wasn't necessarily a headspace thing it was like a necessity thing like I just yeah. knew that I wanted to make a change it has to be, feel right for you yeah and like, I think Anna, Anna was that catalyst for me because yeah. Anna Anna is Anna is Anna Anna does whatever the hell she wants and and I have to deal with the repercussions of that and and it triggers me mm. Yeah. And mine, I think probably Willow out of all the kids was mine. Um, And the situation that arose during that time when she was quite little. And from then on, like there's often a catalyst to to why we want to start looking inward. I think mothering is like one of those massive ones and maybe not with your first baby, but maybe like some people have. you know, it depends totally on your situation too, with how often you're with your baby and how much support you have at home. Like everyone has different space and time to do things in. And that's why we are all doing it our way. And it's important that there is no right and wrong. There's no like, it should be this or it should be that. It's all about your experience and journey. Yeah. And I think, you know, then if you are, if it's your first child and you've got beautiful support around you, like I am so privileged in my work occasionally, my favorite consultations ever are when 
a mum comes with her baby, her first baby, and and grandma comes too, mm. the mum's mum. And I just, it, I mean, I just want to weep when they walk through the door because normally it means, first of all, they are... <sighs> The mum is coming, kind of wanting to carry their baby. That, that to me, is quite an intuitive thing to do, to hold the baby. And it's very counterintuitive to put the baby down when the baby's crying. And, and unfortunately, the world has capitalised on that, right? Put the baby down, don't be attached to the baby. But actually, for a lot of us, just simply hearing a baby cry, we, we want to pick up the baby. It doesn't matter about how much baby wearing you do. It's just that, that initial response. Um, and so then when a, when a mum comes with her mum, her mum is saying, I agree with that. So I, I, I support your intuition already. And then mm. often like the grandma will say something like, I told her she's getting it right. I told her that she knows what she's doing. She's such a, and you know, you can feel that empowerment coming from the older generation. Mm -hmm. And and you just think, oh, you're so lucky to have, I mean, I'm making big judgments, but just, you know, the feeling <laughs> I get is of like this mother being held and being encouraged to kind of go with her intuition versus a situation I think a lot of us are in where you've got other people saying, you're getting it wrong, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's really difficult then. Yeah. Well, one of the things I do is I imagine the mother, the divine mother, if you want to refer to it as that, um, how she would speak to me. So when oh. you don't have that, you can give yourself that. Because okay, mothering is not, you know, it's not, it's not a, like only she gets it because she has that mum. That's so beautiful. So actually, that's a really good point. If people are wondering what, yeah, what is it that you're doing to tune into intuition? Like, is there a kind of, yeah, thought process? Uh, what, what are you doing? <sighs> I mean, I think I've spoken before about journaling. I do a lot of journaling. If things get out of if I'm confused, if it's my voice or someone else's, um, I do journaling. I do self-ceremony sometimes. I can ask for guidance. I sometimes do tarot to ask for guidance, like what's playing out in the situation. These are all things that help me to focus on myself and not elsewhere. You can sit in meditation if that's your thing. It's not mine um at the moment um everyone has their way I like to go for a long walk and just like see what comes up that often works for me walking meditation like I don't listen to anything but I just pound the streets with the buggy and then sometimes things will come like ah okay and I can t have a conversation with myself in my head <laughs> about it it's all just I think it this is the whole thing about it being individual you have to work with what you've got like people are like you've got four kids have you got time I'm like because I make time make it you can have 10 kids you can make the time if you want to make 10 minutes or you want to make 10 hours like you find a way of making the time you want to make to do things don't you yeah and I think it's that again like that discomfort of I don't want to I'd rather live in peace than a constant feeling of despair and, and guilt and shame so mm. how can I do something that connects me back to that feeling of peace 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope people feel empowered and not like just lost and kind of going, well, now we still don't know what the answers are, but that's that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you feel lost, just send us a message and we'll try and clarify. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. The point, yeah. The point is you do know the answer. It's just really, really, really hard sometimes to let go of all the stuff. Mm-hmm. But on the other side is liberation. And what better than that? Yeah. And what I will say is if that doesn't feel like enough, the kind of the peace and the liberation, because it feels like that requires a leap of faith, is then to take a step back from that and give yourself a whole bunch of compassion and go, okay, Mm. but you're too scared. And there's a reason why you're scared. And there's a little person inside you that's going, I'm too scared to do that right now. And that needs a little bit more love and compassion before you can take the leap of faith. Like that moment when you're asking your kid to jump off the side in the swimming pool and they're going, I can't do it, I'm too scared or whatever it is that they're doing. They're gonna need something at that point. It might not necessarily mean molly coddling. It might mean an explanation of how this is going to work or just some time or a cuddle or whatever it is you know what does inner you need in those moments where you can't take the leap of faith to what is obviously a better life you know (laughs) it's obvious to do I want peace and liberation except for I can't do it okay so more compassion more love yeah and less guilt mum guilt doesn't exist on the side of liberation it doesn't exist there and it also gives us the confidence to say to our kids I did the very best I could with the tools I had I did the very best I could and it means then you can move on to every stage in your parenting life knowing that you did the very best you could because that's what we're all doing right now all of us whatever way you're doing it we're all doing the very best we can with the information we have in this very moment. Yeah. And mum guilt for me is just where we are letting the outside world, the outside voices judge us and decide whether or not we've done it right. Mm -hmm. And then our perception of those voices is that I've not done it right. And that's when the guilt needs to come in. And there is no right. Yeah, then you're in a shame cycle and in a despair cycle and that's a horrible place to be in. And I think the other thing is that ultimately no one really, no one else really gives a shit how you parent your kids. Like they don't really, you know, let, let it go. Like no one really, everyone's so busy trying to deal with their own life that it's okay. Yeah. Oh my battery's about to run out okay that's a sign to end <laughs> chat i enjoyed yeah, we that we really need an ending <laughs> yeah thanks for listening bye subscribe and like what do all the cool kids say <laughs> i don't care because i'm not one of them <laughs> just a little note to end the podcast to say I'm super aware that we don't have a proper introduction to each episode, like a hi, hi, hi kind of thing. Hi, welcome. And we don't have an outro, is that even the word, to our episodes ever. Like, we just kind of end them. I'm aware of that. Um, Maybe we'll fix that. Maybe we won't. Maybe it's a problem that needs fixing. I don't know. But anyway, just to say, 
thanks we love doing this and we're so grateful that you listen like genuinely thank you